Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, my name is Zero and welcome to the first episode of the Blurdy Massacre podcast. We'd like to thank the horror community so much for showing us some great love and support after our soft launch on social media. We are all ultra excited to put in this work for you. So join us every other week as Sheree Ghoulish and I blurred out all over Nerd Earth. You can expect lots of chaotic conversation surrounding all things bloody, black, and nerdy. This podcast is for mature audiences, as we will not be holding back. So buckle up, and now let's introduce our hosts. Hello, everyone. I'm Brother Ghoulish, host of Brother Ghoulish's Tomb and Brother Ghoulish's Dragula Breakdown. And I'm super excited to be here. Hi, hey, I'm Sharetta Slayer. Um, you can catch me writing at Dread Central, and you can also catch my other podcast, A Nightmare on Fierce Street, on Twitter at A Nightmare Fierce, um, Facebook, Insta, our full legal name, A Nightmare on Fierce Street. And you can catch me and my shenanigans on Twitter under the handle Miss Sheree, uh, where I have lots of thoughts and mostly hot takes about a lot of things in life. If you just want my shenanigans left and right. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Zero Gravity. I am a host and entertainer in the horror sphere. You can find me online on most social media at IDK Gravity. And I'm proud to introduce my podcasting career. Yay, first Woo-hoo! podcast. <laughs> So before we get into our topic for today, let's introduce our segment called Wash Poppin' to see what's really going down in the horror community right now. What we got, y'all? Oh, so the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre landed last week, and I know that y'all have seen the timeline implode. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm Seriously, I'm scared. Like, it hasn't been since the emergence of, like, our favorite horror franchises coming back. People are getting hostile on the TL. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it makes me a little nervous to put my thoughts out there because I do not want anyone taking my card away, you know? But of course, people have their own opinions, but still, I don't want anybody coming for me. I feel the same way. Like, I don't want my card taken either because without knowing how everyone felt, I was like, I love this movie. Like, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty good. It was pretty silly. Like, I don't think it was, like, supposed to be a masterpiece or magnum opus. But the girls hated it. People were pissed on the timeline over this damn movie. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like we don't want to acknowledge that sometimes the things we love, we love because we saw them when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And so they're acting like this is like supposed to be something that it was never going to be. We've had how many sex trafficking massacres? There's been like 18 of these bitches. I like, this is nine, actually. Yeah, because they rebooted it and so I lost count. Because like the remake, the original remake was good. I think the original remake is better than the first one, but people want to fight about it. So I don't say that too Oh, loudly. with um, Jessica with, Biel, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. I love that one. I, I think those are my two favorites. I mean, the original is very good. I don't think it's like, honestly, I don't even think the original is a masterpiece masterpiece. It's just a damn good movie, you know? And it was 2003, right? That remake? Yeah. 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 I, I think it did its job. I, I mean, it also was not a masterpiece, but I enjoyed it enough to own it on the DVD, which is standing here in my, uh, in my shelf behind me. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, with you guys and uh i just i don't want you know i all right let me get this clear Mm. i don't like to call myself a movie critic because i am very well aware that i love bad movies and that's fine some of my favorite movies are bad movies but i feel like with the title of horror critic which you know everybody on twitter is nowadays um, that comes with like the ideology that like you know what is good and what is not good, but I don't know with especially slashers and y'all know how I feel about slashers. I think they're just supposed to be fun. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. who, it's like why the hell would I walk into a Godzilla movie for the plot? Listen, I mean, what, listen, like I'm not here to see King Kong give me anything other than a giant ape going ape shit. But also too vague. What what's a bad movie that you all will defend to the death of you? I'll go first. Amityville, it's about time. Oh. Amityville, it's about time. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> when they got the haunted clock that moves them back and forth through time. Masterpiece. Okay, well, let me uh let me take a note real quick because I have <laughs> never even heard of this movie before. <laughs> it's it's the best Amityville. Okay, wait, one more time. Give it to me. Amityville what? Amityville, it's about time. 1992. Okay, Amityville, we don't speak about this. It's about time. Got it. Um, Well, I can follow that up with the hotness. Hellboy, like all the Hellboy movies. Um, The animated Hellboy movies uh, and and little shorts are very good, um, even in their writing. But the first two, Guillermo del Toro with Ron Perlman, you know, they hit really hard because I'm a Hellboy fan. And when they came out, I was younger and very, very impressionable. I mean, I still am impressionable, but, you know, impressionable. And I, I think they slap. I mean, those movies are so dumb. They're not good movies, but they are like, you know, S tier for me. And even the uh, the remake with, um, crap, what's his name? Hopper, Chief Hopper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. No. It went away. It went away. Oh, my God. Sandra Things coming back. I didn't know his name again. Damn it. Oh, do your research. (laughs) Uh, Harbor. David Harbor. There we go. Yes. Um, I thought that was great as well. Not a good movie. But, of course, you know, years have, have passed and now we have awesome CGI. We're able to do a lot more advanced things than we did with Ron Perlman. So not a good movie. The plot was all over the place, but it grabbed source material from the comic books, which I loved. It was a lot more gory and adult, which I loved. Was it a good movie? 
Hell no. But did I run my ass to Best Buy on release day? You bet your ass I did. Listen, listen. I so I I love so many movies because I put on slashers to relax. So like I have seen quite a few slashers that are mid from the earlier day. (laughs) 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 Um, But I will say that I probably enjoy Slumber Party Massacre more than most people. The original one, not the remake, because the remake we should all be about. But like the original, which is very divisive. Because it was written as a satire, but it was filmed as a straight horror movie. And it's not great. I can't sit here and be like, it should have won awards. But like, do I put it on when it's on Strider? Yes. Oh, yeah. Am I comforted by it? Yes. <laughs> do I laugh and go, why the hell is she topless for no fucking reason? Yes. I just hate that, you know, obviously Bubba in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, hit a very soft spot for horror fans. And that's just not debatable. He's iconic. That's That's just, you can't. Proven by science. But I don't know. Loosen up a little bit, guys. And also don't, you know, I don't want to turn this into like a preachy lesson or anything, but teach his own, of course. Yeah. I mean, when my man, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, when my man was throwing that chainsaw like a Frisbee, how, how could you not enjoy that? I think that was awesome. I came to this, re- I came to this sequel, requel, rema- what, reimagining, what everyone called this bitch. It was I came a to- spiritual sequel. Mm, that might be a little too far. But I came to this, <laughs> I came to this expecting a chainsaw massacre. And that's what I got. Because like, I feel like some of the other ones, they have the title. But are we really massacring if it's like one person at a time? No. You need to like get some people together and like make it a sport. And they did that. So I'm happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Is the plot there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know if I you get... were expecting it to be, you know. Right? It's like, this ain't going to be like, this ain't going to be Tales from the Hood with a chainsaw. This is going to be. No, no, no. <laughs> that's a different subgenre. Okay. <laughs> the one thing I will say, and that's this isn't just about this new 2022 iteration of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is like my comment on the franchise minus the original and then um i think maybe 2003 and maybe like one other but like what happened to the, the cannibalism aspect it's just gone that that's what this whole thing was about was about a cannibalistic family and now it's just i mean hey i i'm good i'm just happy to be here you know so <laughs> i'm not complaining or anything but like did we what did we lose come on guys now that you mention it, I've not seen some cannibals in a hot minute. Yeah. Franchise. That's huge, is it not? Yeah, that's getting away from their roots. They forgot where they came from. Yeah. They need to eat a person real quick. <laughs> just like in the last five <laughs> minutes. Actually put it in the post-credit scene just to say that they can. She's like, no, 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 it was there. It was there. You just right? you just weren't paying attention. Like a credit scene, like a Marvel movie. Just like in the next one, he'll be eating yeah. this fancy person who's important to the plot. <laughs> like, exactly. But let's not be too critical. I'm not trying to get us canceled on our first episode like Bubba did. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But I think it's important to talk about, you know, I think that we, and this is a very, very loose we, okay? A very loose horror community we. We need to get better about spoiler etiquette, y'all. That's what's popping. We need Wait. to, like, go through, like, a course or something because, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe era, people were being very good, especially with Infinity War and Endgame. People were like this, you know, spoilers are are nothing to to fuck with. 
that that's people's fandoms are held highly but with texas chainsaw massacre scream and also euphoria it's not safe on the tl even if you block the uh if you mute the words you know no, like it's upsetting because like we're in a pandemonium no matter if we talk about it or not. And so some people are not risking their lives in COVID to go to the theaters. And that's their right. Was I a fool baby and ran out to see Candyman and Scream? Hell yes. Um, did I go multiple times? No, because once is enough and I'll wait for it to come to me for the next mm-hmm. times. Um, but I don't want my friends who like, so there were some people who got vaccinated but don't have antibodies because of life. Um, and so like, are they supposed to be like, well, if I don't go see Scream, everybody's gonna give it away. People are posting deaths, like videos of the deaths from Scream as we speak on the timelines. And I'm unfollowing them as we speak. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't have time for your energy. Cause Nope is coming out and I don't know where I'll be. And if you ruin Nope for me, I'm gonna come out and fight you. Like, oh, no. <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Like y'all all said, like even with the Scream thing, People were as early as a few days in, even with all the people associated with the project, like begging people not to spoil because there are people who can't see it as soon as it comes out. Mm -hmm. Like people didn't give a care. They were just dropping information all willy nilly. And it's really sick. And I'm also over people who get like those um, passes to see shit for free early and before it's out, like those advanced screeners, because they go and then they think it's a flex to be on the timeline. Like, guess who died? And it's like. No, you're supposed to go and be like, it's good, or I enjoyed it. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to like give shit away to be like, I saw for anybody else, let me ruin your experience. Like, <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? Who hurt you? And never give that person a screener again. Like, I hope whoever like put them on that list right? saw that and said, disbarred. Mm-hmm. Scream specifically was a crazy time for that. Which, again, if this is a franchise that has a history of trying to, like, get people out of their sit because people are like, oh, no, let's analyze everything. Let's go find a script. I don't know if people keep doing this. Like, whoever is in that office needs to be rearranged and fired because somebody always gets the script. And it's always out. We need multiple endings to help people not figure out what's the truth and what's not. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, clearly, whatever you are doing is not working. Y'all need to sign some NDAs and hire a new staff because, like... As soon as it's written, it's on the timeline. And I'm like, no, I don't want to read it. I want to see it. The community is on fire. The community is on fire. Right? Let us have joy. Just let us have joy. Just be compassionate, y'all. You know, I I was that person once. And I, I like to own up to this because, you know, people make mistakes. It was the Walking Dead era. Imagine, okay? It's like, it's like 2013. I am very, very young in fandom. Okay? I, I am entering <laughs> I am entering fandom for the first time. Uh Herschel dies, right? Mm. Herschel gets beheaded at the end of the prison arc. I was devastated. So devastated. I went on Facebook, my poor little naive ass, and I wrote R.I.P. Herschel that Sunday evening. And I felt awful the next day. Everybody in my DMs like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And I felt horrible. And that was the first and last time that I, I I could even by mistake bring myself to do something like this. I think about it now. To be fair, at least you weren't the Walking Dead's PR team, which ruined it for me because I had rehearsed when I was into the Walking Dead because I was in college and grad school. And so like, I was like, okay, after rehearsal, I'm gonna go home and see it. And I opened Facebook while we're on our way home. And they're like, guess who's dead today? And I'm like, who the fuck is your PR team? Get your social media team right. That's I whack. was livid, livid. <laughs> I unfollowed them, and I've never refollowed them, even though I kept watching the show for years. Ooh, uh, <laughs> you hear that, AMC? You oh. lost a follower. Right? Uh-oh. 
about a decade ago. Remember me? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, baby. Uh-uh. She got Stop it right now. Slayer. She got a, a taste for blood. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did y'all see anything the, else uh, popping? What's going on? Did y'all see Megan Navarro's article from Bloody Disgusting? Um, talking about everything going on with Leatherface's original look? No, explain. So, apparently, they were going to have Leatherface after he took the... Oh, okay, so everyone listen, obviously. We said spoilers earlier. Spoilers again. All right, so boom. The woman whose face he took, they were actually going to put a dress on Leatherface, like her dress, and so he was going to be running around in a dress essentially but then they were just kind of like we're not going to go in this direction because it's a lot of moving parts but i think i would have went up for that to be honest i mean in the original he's got his like eyeshadow and blush on right yeah and also doing the stereotypical gender norms that the women would be doing like making the meals in the kitchen and speaking in the falsetto because i mm-hmm. remember when i watched it last year because i had not since i was a kid i was like we don't talk about this. We'll talk about Leatherface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't we talk about Leatherface? <laughs> Honestly, though, it could have been a good save making that decision just because I know that, you know, horror is is growing and horror is becoming smarter mm-hmm. as as the genre ages and all of its subgenres age. And, um, you know, now we can blatantly put topics into horror as, you know, before they just kind of, it just kind of fell in there. I mean, they're still there, but not as blatant. But um, there was so much confusion with this new one. Uh, people calling it like this is a Republican slasher um, because of Stop. the weird. And I just want to say I cannot get the term gentrifuckers out of my head. I cannot Ooh. get it out of my head, guys. It's it's burned in there. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little bit of like a weird uh, stab at social commentary. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be. Um, a take on gun violence or um, or white supremacy with the the flag or, you know, I, I didn't know what it was. It, it seemed like they were kind of throwing them all in there, but they never really did anything with it. Um, but still, of course, the fans are not stupid. They did notice these things. And I think if they were to put that in the final cut, it would just be another one on that pile. Um Maybe if they took out the that weird um, underlying uh, almost theme of gun violence and white supremacy, maybe it could have passed. But you know, fans fans are growing with the genre, so you know, you know, you never know. Maybe the next spiritual sequel reimagining will <laughs> stick that landing. <laughs> <laughs> and it needs Why to be sponsored by Sephora. Listen. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Sephora girl, you're missing out on a great marketing opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. Set them up in a Whole Foods near a Sephora. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no way, child. I'll start writing tonight. <laughs> Can we somehow get Rihanna in this film as well? And, you know, so that way we can have Fenty products on Fenty a leather face. Oh. Fenty Bubba. Fenty Bubba. <laughs> Bubba Fenty. <laughs> Bubba Fett? We said Bubba Fett? <laughs> oh, chill. Wrong fandom. Wrong fandom. <laughs> you do not want to get those confused. Oh, my God. You put uh, horror fandom and Star Wars fandom in a room, we got a fist fight. 
Listen. Oh God, I'm not even ready for that fight, child. No, I'm not. I've never seen a Star Wars, and it's it's a burden. <laughs> Just Google Darth Maul. So fine. That's all you need to know. Oh yeah, no. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I I know enough just from being on the internet. Like, also, I was a theater kid, so I've seen Hamlet. I'm good. I've seen The Lion King. I I don't need to see it in space. Oh, <laughs> oh. You really want Star Wars people to pull up on you? Yeah, that's I, a hot take. <laughs> I'm about to say we weren't even ready. It just happened organically. <laughs> Girl, you know, look, and you know, they probably going to uh, climb up on the rafters or some more stuff, like in that one scene um, on one of the Star Wars. I don't know. They all run together on me. Yeah, they're going to attack us. Uh, yeah, no. Girl, can I'm you protect us? I'm going to be in the sidewalk, minding my business, going to get a burger and go to the Target. It's going to be like, hey, you, you ain't Star Wars. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Thanks they for listening. Me. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> Y'all see the Tinder swindler? My enemies. My enemies are after me. I cannot wait to watch that daggone thing. Someone at my job was telling me about it, and I was like, this sounds actually really good. Do we watch it together? Oh, yes. Say yes. <laughs> In fact, this has been Blurdy Massacre, everyone. We're about to go watch Tinder Swindler now. <laughs> the end. Right. The way the Great girl episode. was that Listen. They'd be like, you made us wait for that. 20 minutes? 20 minutes? <laughs> 20 minutes and now she hate Star Wars? <laughs> and y'all don't like when I spoil shit? Oh, no. <laughs> it feels like we should probably let everyone know by this time. I think this is a natural, organic place to go over some trigger words, you, you guys think? Mm-hmm. It's time. Agreed. Okay. So everyone listening, if you are triggered by the following words, you may not want to continue listening to us and go ahead and leave now some of them have already been used i believe poc <laughs> inclusion <gasps> diversity <gasps> lgbtqia plus oh! <laughs> masks oh! <I'm> leaving <laughs> vax lorries gas or billy porter Oh, shit. Do any of you have any words to add to this list? This is the last salvo before we get into the tea. Forever hold your peace. (laughs) Yeah, if you had to leave, it was good seeing you while we did. (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting us. We understand completely. Right. To each of own. Enjoy your bland foods. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. Mona, I could not. Okay, no, we're not bringing that up. I'm sorry. Um, but our actual topic today. <laughs> sorry, our actual topic um for this episode, which is our first episode, is we're gonna ask what's so funny because a lot of movies think they got jokes, but do they? We're gonna spend today getting into that because we know that there is oh a legacy of black people in the genre and things that people supposedly thought were funny. And uh, we've had like a great turn where we have like people making movies, so things actually are funny. And so we're gonna like get into some of that today with extra lorries. Yes. <laughs> no. So let's talk about before we jump clean into it some real talk. Um, for everyone listening, this is where we give you deets and fun facts about the topic that we're going to dive into. So I'll start with one. Did you all know that um, 
because Scary Movie is one of the ones that we're going to touch on a little bit later. Jamie Lee Curtis was actually um, supposed to be in the first Scary Movie. So, you know that weird scene where Sydney's running up the stairs and she throws her grandmother at the killer and she throws the bike? Mm -hmm. So, the stairs were supposed to be even longer and she was going to go into a closet to try to hide. But when she throws the door open, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be hiding in there already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that would have been so good. Yeah. Do you know by any chance why we didn't get that? I think Sheree knows why. <laughs> I think Jamie Lee was just like, I did Halloween Resurrection, leave me alone. I don't. <laughs> I'm done. I'm that done. is totally fair. I wonder if you would like, if you would present that to her in 2022, what she would think about it. Especially pro- now after the new Halloween trilogy. She'd probably offer to help produce it because now she's having fun. But I think back then she was still like, I'm like plotting my career steps because mm-hmm. I am me, but also people don't know about me. But now she's like, you know what? I, I'm in my 60s, I believe. And I'm just living my best life. I'm giving you the nods on the red carpet to my mom's career. I'm showing up with my friends and we're getting bloody riding around in trucks. I'm learning the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, she's the grandmother we all want now. And so she would be there, I think. Yeah, emphasis on that. I'm I'm so here for her. I just I I do think we talk about okay. Well, Sheree and and Ryan and I have talked very deeply about what we feel is an American treasure, and all the way, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is an American treasure. Y'all remember that clapback uh, that she did on Twitter? Somebody tried to come for her over those Activia commercials. Yeah. No. Oh my God! I I gotta pull up the receipts for our social media later, y'all. But. It was a murder, a murder on the Twitter timeline. Somebody tried to come for her for all those Activia commercials. And she was like, hey, yo, I'm still here or something <laughs> like that. It was a murder. I got to find that one. That's some good research right there. I love her clapbacks because somebody else tried to come for her because like, you know how they be out here. And they're like, you, you're anti-guns. But like in Halloween 2018, you're packing guns. We have to say about that. And she was like, well, I can't fight Michael Myers with yogurt, can I? It is a horror movie. (laughs) So sometimes when I act, I have to do things that I don't do in my real life. Are you familiar with acting? (laughs) I was like, oh, grandma, get him, get him, get him, Jade. (laughs) Get him, get him, Jade. (laughs) Acting. I need those receipts uh, expeditiously, like, because, wow. I also just love her face because that one dude was interviewing her and he got the franchises mixed up. So he was like, so like you were the original screen queen Ooh. in Friday the 13th. And her face was Ooh. like, he said something like, do you still get scared of a hockey mask? Yeah. She was like, boy. <laughs> her face. Her face. I was like, that's the essay. And he will never work again. <laughs> no. Oh my God. He got in so much trouble after they cut those cameras. I right? already know it. He's triggered every time somebody whispers Jason at him. He's like, oh, no. You can feel the shudder of the camera crew in the back. Just, oh, no. Did he just? Oh, he did. He did. This was his last day. We'll think of him fondly. (laughs) This is when John knew he had fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) There was a fuck up Olympics. That would be like leading it. (laughs) Uh Was he still working there after that? I'm going to go ahead and say no. (laughs) <laughs> kind of sad <laughs> hey I'm looking for a job though I'll take that listen I mean it's a vacant seat now <laughs> <laughs> continuing on with the real talk 
we're going to talk about um, a bunch of horror comedy today. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on this. Um, some of these I didn't necessarily want to rewatch because I'd like to keep the preservation of of the memories that I have in my head. Because, uh, you know, th things don't necessarily age well, especially not in 2022. So for me, it, Vampire in Brooklyn, also Beetlejuice, just, mm, yeah. mm, you know, but uh, I, uh, that being said, I have been doing some research on these movies and uh, found out some pretty awful juju surrounding Vampire in Brooklyn. A stunt woman on set died during production. Her name was Sonia Davis. Uh, she was a 30 something year old stunt actress, black woman, and she was definitely not forgotten a pioneer in in stunt work as a black woman that's crazy i think she was angela bass's stunt double uh i just think that that was worth noting just because i i don't believe it's appropriate for us to forget her um and her accomplishments with her short stunt career but hey we got plenty of black women in the stunt industry right now to carry the torch uh keisha tucker shout out keisha tucker was um was lupita's stunt double in oh. us she yeah. is fantastic and uh she also stunt doubled um okoye in black panther i i had the opportunity to to meet and hang out with her at, at blurred con in 2019 i think i moderated the official dora milaje panel when when the dora milaje came through she taught me with the bow staff she taught me some fight choreography for the movie and it was absolutely insane and so when i found out that she stunt doubled for uh for us i was just like oh queen i believe in black panther she did that scene when they're in uh korea and okoye is on top of the car that yeah. was keisha tucker there icon we love you keish unleash the keish on instagram i think hey how hey listen it's what else did i learn yeah Insafalo. what else did i learn the i mean this is not news but the weinsteins just ill yeah. If you were ever wondering why Scary Movie 3 and Beyond sucked the way they did, is because, well, obviously the Waynes brothers were not involved, but I think that's public knowledge at this point. But what I didn't know is that the Weinstein uh, company literally just stole the, mm -hmm. they just stole it from them. Which is crazy. I, I was, you know, under the interpretation. I mean, here I am. I don't know much about the industry on the inside. But, you know, I was assuming that they at least got bought out or something. Because, you know, then they went on to do white chicks and, and other bangers, other other black bangers. But um, they, it was just stolen. They weren't bought out or anything. Uh, after the success of the first one, they kind of rushed along with the second one. Uh, it didn't hit as hard as the first, but it was still really good. And it was still hilarious. That's one of my favorite skits is in the second one, I think. The tiny hand. Oh, yeah. potato. <laughs> That's my jam. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love to reference that one come Thanksgiving. I'll, you know, because I'm always the one to make the potatoes. I'm like, what if I just <laughs> a tiny hand? <laughs> but after that, you know, there was there was clear success. And um, I don't think anyone would be surprised that the the, the critics, you know, I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes was a thing, but, you know, movie critics were ripping it apart because, you know, it's not it's not great movie material, but it, it's comedy and it's it's a concept that really, really works. So the critic scores were like awful, but the fans were like, fuck, yeah, give us more, you know. And after they, they I think they used that the Weinstein company used that as leverage. 
the the negative critic uh, ratings uh, in order to decline the Wayne's Brothers offers for a bigger budget. And they just declined and said, fuck you. We're going to make some more without you. Didn't even buy them out. No royalties, no nothing. Crazy, which really hurt my feelings because the Wayne's family, I mean, for, it's a huge yeah. family, first of all, and they're all insanely talented. Yeah. Another American treasure, just like the, the family mm -hmm. in itself. Awful. No, like I, I always say when there's smoke, there's fire. And so when it came out, what Harvey was up to with some of the ladies, I mm -hmm. was like, mm, where else has he been fucking up? And so like, I'm not surprised by that. I'm sad we didn't talk about it right then and there. Cause like they dropped another movie that was not scary movie, but scary movie like two, three years ago. Cause yep. when I was doing research for this, I'm like, how many am I supposed to watch again? Cause I had never seen a scary movie. I'm going to own that right now. And really? Yeah. I watched these first two for this episode today. <laughs> Because y'all were like, watch the first two and then stop. And I was like, done <laughs> can we get your honest opinion as a first watch in 2022? As a first watch of 2022, I, again, I, I don't love most horror comedies. I'm a very hard really? person to make love. Yeah. Okay. Like, I just learned this about you. Interesting. I just started finding ones I actually enjoyed last year. Because I mean, I was just like, we all have the ones we grew up with, like Ghostbusters and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. But yeah. like, as far as things that weren't like, oh, I've watched this forever and I know what it is and it just feels like a blankie. Like, I'm usually like, oh, we're supposed to laugh then? Okay. Mm. <laughs> and so like, I, I went into these and like, I I did not love them. I did not hate them. Most of the humor did not age well, but again, the Wayans brothers were definitely of the 80s, 90s. And so like, sadly, it is just not going to age well. But also most of the horror comedies are not aging well that are not written by black people. So I don't yep. know why we're gonna like look at this one that way. <laughs> we're not looking at the platter yeah. that gets produced all the time still today that are offensive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that's just a comedy thing. Yeah. You know, comedy like horror is also growing. And yeah. uh, most comedy from that era does not age well. Um, but hey, we're learning. So it's yeah. an open book, guys. But for the time, they were like, awesome. I've been waiting for an opportunity where I can talk about scary movie without like, you know, completely shitting on it and just looking at it for like what it is yeah. um, or what it was at the time I guess which is freaking iconic it it definitely does the thing that I love about like black comedy horror in that like it it's not it's not punching down at us because like a lot of the times like I'm just gonna go and get in this a little bit so like <laughs> there's a legacy of black people in film in general where we are the butt of the joke you know, we have caricatures, we have people masquerading as us, we have people speaking in AAV, they get they're doing something hysterical and it's not. And so one of the things I love about a black person who gets to do the horror comedy is that like, I know that I'm going to be taken care of on mm -hmm. that level. Some of them are going to get sexist, some of them are going to get weird. But like, I know on that level, I'm not going to be leaving going, oh no, this is person racist. Should I fight him in the parking lot? Like I have to do a lot of these movies that are coming out by people who are melanin challenged. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, <laughs> melanin challenged. Yeah, I oh mean, my God. There's a lot of them just out here dropping movies that are just like offensive. And they're like, it's a joke, just laugh. And I'm like, it's 2022. Nobody's laughing but you. How are you going to unpack that? I, I knew that we were going to, and okay, this is just like a, a very common conversation when people talk about comedy and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the, the intersection between being PC and respectful and comedy. And it's hard to see the line sometimes. So for example, Donnell, Donnell, what's his last name? Donnell 
something. He on the ship. He was on the Chappelle show. He was he was made famous for, uh, because he was on the Chappelle show. You know his face if you look him up. But uh, I saw his stand up live, and he was really drunk. And uh, unfortunately, Aww. I was I was in San Diego, California. So naturally, I was one of maybe four brown people in the audience. Mm. And I felt fortunate that I was a couple rows back. Um, but there were two black men in the front row. And then there was also as some uh, genre of Middle Eastern man, very handsome man, uh, sitting to the side. And he used this whole joke, what type of nigga are you? What type, you know, what type are you? And it was funny to start, but then it got it, it got into too much. You know, he did the generic Indian accent. And that's when oh, it became God. offensive. And I was like, oh, I really hope that, you know, comedy can kind of make a comeback from this very generic, I'm making fun of you kind of thing. And then I want to say like two weeks later, I was watching Bob's Burgers and they made a trans joke and the trans joke was funny, but it was not offensive. That's the moment that I realized that it's possible. Y'all are just lazy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? No, like the few horror comedies that I found out I love these last couple of years that have been newer, um, they are funny and not offensive. And it's because you have to understand your audience. And unfortunately, um, nobody wanted to acknowledge anybody but their own existence for most right. of, of the world's existence. And so like, we are now getting people who are like, how can I open this up so people feel included? And that starts with hiring people. <laughs> yeah, show um, me your writer's room. Yeah. Show me. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your writer's room. I can tell within five minutes if a sitcom has an all-white writer's room. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Always. And it's just, it's an ongoing problem because we don't want to hire people and we don't want to open doors. We want to gatekeep and act like there's only one way to do things. And that's why it's so hard to find, like, any sort of comedy that doesn't just, like, immediately, like, go rotten like a jug of milk or whatever because mm-hmm. like you're you're in that moment you are writing to the audience you have and your audience that you have is usually people who like you and so of course you're doing a call response with other problematic white people who are striving to white feminism and y'all are living y'all's best lives and the rest of us are like what is this shit i'm leaving i'm gonna get on twitter <laughs> <laughs> well i have a fun fact speaking yes. of scary movie um i found this during my my research the other day so when the script was written uh, originally, it featured a black male lead, which was crazy. And I think that was there was a bunch of different versions of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, but they when they finally decided on the final, the lead this whole time had been a black male. And then uh, somebody in their writer's room was like, yo, that's that's just not true to the genre. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that that shit ain't right. We're, we're trying to to imitate something and if we're going to have a black male lead which honestly we deserve but this it's not it's not the parody that we're going to want it to be that's not true to the genre in 1990 whatever or 1990 i don't know when this movie came out but it's true it, it would not be true to this genre there's probably like two horror movies that had a black male lead at the time one of them being out of the living dead and probably another one that somebody forgot about um and which is how we got cindy I I wish it had been a black male lead because I think that that would have it would have also been a cool thing to see because I mean yes we have like people writing a horror comedy which is a spoof and it's it's kind of a silent protest to be like you won't invite us so we're gonna rewrite it and include us but also we're gonna mm-hmm. have fun about it and mm-hmm. so like I wish we could have had a lead because like I think that since this was written we've had what maybe four or five movies if I'm being generous with a black male lead in the genre. I'm being generous because I'm thinking of Get Out. I'm thinking of Where Was Within. Well, People Under the Stairs counts as a boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His house. His one house. Of the leads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about so. like how the Wayans brothers released like a haunted house, for example, mm-hmm. I feel like they got to do a lot of what they wanted to do with Scary Movie because mm-hmm. um, both parts of that have like black leads and they're still, you know, set, like creating a parody about what was going on in horror around that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what people felt about the haunted houses like um, when they came out, but I actually thought they were pretty funny. Like they had like scenes in them where, you know, I, um, Marlon was having an affair with Annabelle and then she got like, <laughs> and the Divic box and it, it was really, really funny. And I felt like it was proof that there's still so much that can still be said about horror in, in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could release a haunted house or a scary movie, whichever today. And if it's done correctly and it's more like socially aware, it would actually be funnier than, you know, it's probably. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I just say that on this list of movies we watch for today, I would like to see these rebooted because I think that, especially because like the younger Wayans brothers are, they're getting more hip to what is acceptable. Because again, you have this dynasty and most of the people in it are like 60 and 50. And so like they are, if they are on the journey, they're not like all the way there yet. And that's 
it's people's grandpas. And so, mm-hmm. like, I would love to see some of the younger Wayans be like, we're going to take this back from <laughs> the Weinstein Company, and we're going to do it, and we're going to do it smarter and better and make it something that'll, like, last a little bit longer and have a little bit more like, longevity. But Absolutely. Be, but be careful asking for that, because you know what? They are rebooting because they're in the spirit of doing it. I hear that, like, house parties coming back, and I'm like, stop. I'm going to leave the Zoom now. I didn't. <laughs> I think that that would really work because like this concept is like this concept is the reason why Simpsons in South Park will never die because they're just making fun of just whatever that medium is with South Park is different because it's like life but you know the horror genre is never going to end and it's ever changing which means that there's always going to be more shit to make fun of. Just in a different way. So we could just keep fucking going. And I think we should. I think we should give him a call. Hey, guys. What are you doing right now? It's time. Especially because I feel like the spoof genre or subgenre has kind of died down since then. Because before then, we had Leslie Nielsen. And he was doing, like, the, oh, my God, the Loaded Weapons and the one with the exorcism. You... What's the one with the exorcism, Ryan? You recommended it the other day for me. Uh, I hate when this happens. Um... I can't remember it. I don't know why. My brain is freezing. Someone's going to read the hell out of me because literally it's when I was like, oh, I love that one. And then I was like, I'm not going to pay for her though. I've not seen her since a kid. But like we we had like a lot of spoofs before the noun times and we had like airplane and all that shit. And I would like to see more horror spoofs because there's so much to make fun of in this genre, which is why we're here because we love it. But also mm-hmm. we're a little bit like, are you really going to do this again? Okay, girl. Of course. <laughs> so- <laughs> Felt. Certainly felt. I would like to take it all the way back. Let's talk about just like the trope, like the comedic Negro trope. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to talk about a scary movie forever and ever and ever. But what I personally liked about scary movie, even though what maybe like 70% of the jokes don't age very well. It's that it kind of takes that comedic Negro trope and like makes everybody the comedic Negro. Right. There's literally nothing but the comedic Negro. Right. And I I love it because like we're in on the joke. It's not white people writing it for us. And so like when she's like being like the most stereotypical black woman in the movie theater, like licking her fingers, breaking out chicken from her bag, it's like this is not. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost like a, like, we see how you see us. Right. Now look at how ridiculous this shit looks. In reality, it it looks absolutely ridiculous. And with all of the movies on our list to talk about today, I think in one way or another, they kind of take that comedic Negro trope and, like, flip it around somehow. Um, Vampire Brooklyn. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be honest to everybody listening. This is one of the movies that I did not want to rewatch um, just because I have very fond memories of this movie and I don't want it to be ruined um, just because it probably didn't age well. Um, but I, from what I can remember, um, it's, it still wasn't very funny. Uh, it wasn't very scary. It wasn't really anything but Eddie Murphy. So who cares? 
I'm not gonna lie. It's got a soft spot that washes a child. Um, I think it deserves more than the 12% Rotten Tomatoes gives it. But oh, like 12? They gave oh. it 12. I have many rants about Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm sure we'll get into them this season. But like they gave this movie 12% and they gave some other garbages like 80%. And I'm sure you could tell what the difference is and who created them and who started oh, them. No. But <laughs> I think that for what it is, it works because we don't have a lot of like, at this time, we don't have a lot of black people who are involved in the creating of these narratives. Mm -hmm. And Wes Craven gave us people under the stairs, but he was the writer and producer of that. And so there are some things like a question, whereas this, Eddie Murphy's like, we're going to also do this. Mm -hmm. And so they sort of put it together in check in certain regards and in other things they let happen. I was like, we didn't need that. But you know what? We're here. We're here. But also, like, Norbit exists, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you put Vampire in Brooklyn next to Norbit, that movie is amazing. Like, you can just... <laughs> <laughs> True story, in college, I, I, I needed to bullshit an ethics paper, so I wrote the entire synopsis of the movie Norbit and prayed that my professor had never seen the movie because I wrote it about cheating, right? (laughs) In the movie Norbit, comma, tab, enter, and I'm pretty sure I got like an A or something. I hope he is not a horror fan, is listening to his podcast right now. But uh, (laughs) that movie sucks. That movie sucks so bad, but it was huge. So we can have shit like Vampire in Brooklyn. Also, when has that ever happened before? I think it's just iconic in itself. Uh, the the scene that stands out to me the most is like um, like the preaching scene. Oh. He, he goes into the church and he's like, first of all, he's like he's uh, he starts um, like smoking, smoking, right? He's like, God damn! Everyone's like, oh, not damn it, church! Everybody turns around like, what? <laughs> goes on this long rant, talk about evil is good, evil. Is I think good. that's probably the high point of that movie. It's so yeah. hilarious that and also trying to. Like watching it with friends, there's a accidental comedic part when Nikki gets killed and the blood comes through the keyhole. It doesn't <laughs> matter how many watch parties I've done <laughs> with Vampire in Brooklyn. People are like, "How? <laughs> how is the blood coming through the keyhole?" <laughs> he messed her up. You <laughs> <laughs> said she he messed her up. But- he messed her up. Like <laughs> that's my keyhole. <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't there a sound too, like a gusher or something? With those. Like, like that no, no, don't ever. <laughs> That's the last gush we'll hear on this podcast. Well, like, wait a minute. First he came for Star ASMR. Wars. First he came for Star Wars. Now he's making these gushing sounds. I'm right. I'm very concerned about Brother Ghoulish. No, like people are just like, well, I tried that one. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it a shot. Uh, let's stay in New York, shall we? I know, uh, Ghoulish, you just watched because I bullied you into watching Vampires versus the Bronx. Can I get a reaction, please? Oh, that's my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Like, I had a great time watching that film. I felt like it was a nice length. I would have preferred it be maybe like a TV series because mm-hmm. I thought it'd be kind of cool to see them continually deal with like Monsters of the Week, like Buffy style. Um, I thought that'd be kind of cute. And I don't know. I was all about it. Like, I see why y'all suggested it. Yeah. Good. That's my jam. I live. I live for the conversation of gentrification, especially as black people, because you keep having white people be like, we're gentrifying it. Let's lampshade these jobs. Like, no, get out of the space. (laughs) 
you have you have two sides of the coin, right? You have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, the ginger fuckers are coming in to Texas. And then you have, on the other hand, these little kids in the Bronx, and they're like, oh, shit, what are we supposed to do now? We're on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, and it's, I think it's a pretty accurate representation of what gentrification feels like. Um, I'm not from the Bronx. I'm from Manhattan. Um, I was born in the West Village. I, I moved out when my younger sister was born into a suburb. And then when we were ready to come back, we couldn't. And that really sucks, you know? And um, I mean, of course, I wish that I stayed, but that's a very accurate representation of what it's like when when you're living through it. I, I know that many homies in Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn have experienced this. And it sucks, but this is a great way to laugh at it. And also, I'm here for the representation. Right. As, like, okay, I, uh, uh, Jesus and Marrow, I'm not sure which one is which. But that was Marrow in the movie. Marrow in, in the bodega was just like, that shit felt so real. It really did to me. I wish I could, I mean, maybe y'all just got to come visit me in New York and see what it's all about. But on my if, way. If girl come through, it felt real. And the humor was like on point. It was just, it wasn't funny because it was really making fun of something. It was just funny because it was funny. And it's like that hard pill to swallow. And now it goes down a little bit easier. And I agree, Ghoulish. I think that this would have worked. I mean, it worked great as a movie, but it, it would probably be better as a series because there's so much stuff that comes with being a city kid and also like imagine being a kid now when like gentrification is like absolutely insane especially like kind of coming out of this pandemic mm -hmm. um the city new york city is really transforming uh and it's scary there there's a lot of potential there but this is sick sick i can't wait to own it i have a question for you guys though the scene where I can't think of her name, but the the white vampire who I didn't trust from the beginning, um, when she was trying to come in the apartment, and you know, it's like, no, don't invite her. <laughs> like she's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sprite bottles were bubbling. And later in the movie, she's kind of like, oh, I bought the building, so I could just come in anyway. I liked it in the moment, right? But then I spent some time with it. That means she couldn't have invited her ass in anyway because she don't own that. That means that, and then True. I even thought it would be kind of funny, like maybe, like I don't know, like she invites her in, but then she still can't come in, and then like uh, you know the kid says something disrespectful, like it wasn't yours to invite her in anyway or something. You know the bank got to lean on the house or some shit. I don't. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, thought, that be, I thought that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I needed to be in an episodic series <laughs> to yeah. let shit like that in. I would read this comic book. I would watch this series. Ooh, I will. Yeah. Oz, Oz Rodriguez, take my money. If you're listening, take my money. It's here for you. I don't have much, but it's all yours. Look. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool to see it explore different boroughs, too. Yeah. Because no. uh, it, it did a really good job of, like, depicting how uh, 
like Bronx black people and and Dominican Puerto Rican like that that mix mm-hmm. where like we're all just brown and nobody knows who's who anymore but like nobody really cares anyway and like all the cultures just kind of like melt together but then like what if it were in Queens and then you know now it's it's uh the, the Chinese people in Flushing getting mm-hmm. pushed out by I don't know maybe it's werewolves this time something else that's uh, what made it magical right because the one girl she turned out to be haitian and so she was like in my culture like we don't play with this stuff and she was actually able to like be a resource because mm-hmm. of, of that cultural difference and because of that melding pot so you're right that would be dope i just I, part of the reason i love this movie and part of the reason i still like subscribe to people under the stairs is that they drive on that idea of community and of laughing at um, how shitty life is. <laughs> Cause I mean, like they don't have it as bad as Fool did because like Fool was written to be living in like a building with holes in the walls and shit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? This is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, Mr. Craven, we need to speak. <laughs> but like when you're a kid and you are like in these families that just, they can't afford it. Cause like they just can't. <laughs> it, it is a, you have to make your own fun. And you have to learn how to laugh at life cause life is hard. And mm-hmm. this one, does it in a way that's kind of like a whimsical and fun. I felt yeah. like this is the children's story I wanted when I was a kid and never got it. So I was like, uh, take that shit away from me. I don't want to read about these berries doing dances. I don't want that. <laughs> I want some vampires in the Bronx. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like gravitate towards this movie so hard. Not just because, I mean, obviously I'm from New York and I rep my city forever and ever and ever, but Y'all know me, like I, I ride for community. I think community is one of the most important things in life and and for to enhance your quality of life. And this just, it echoes it. It echoes how important community is. And, you know, even when shit's going not 100%, you still have your homies and your bikes. And so how bad could it possibly be? Even if you're not from New York, I feel like maybe 68% of children uh who are in who are in our were in our age bracket were at one point riding around with their friends on bikes because what else could you do just waiting for the street lights to come back on it's like that genre of nostalgia it's like our childhoods weren't like amazing but when we think about it now it's like all sparkles and sunshine like ah to be back on my bike Right. <laughs> I love that, especially because like growing up, I think us like wanting that a big piece of it was us growing up horror fans, which I know we all share. Like we would see stuff like not the it book, because clearly the child oh, no, would no, be no, in no, the no, in the no, sewer. No, 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 no. But but um the movie, <laughs> the TV series, it's like cool, like the losers club are like fighting against the evil, and there's only like one black person, yeah. and it's either you relate to that person or you don't. But when you have like vampires versus the Bronx, it's like it's a a wide group of youth of color from different backgrounds. They're all different from one another. And I was watching for the first time with Sheree, which was amazing because we were like, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I relate to this character. And she's like, I feel like I relate to that character. And I feel like people who are getting in the horror and stuff watching this, that's a cool thing to feel because, you know, we're not a monolith. Like there are so many different types of black folks that when they tokenize us and like things where it's like predominantly white, it's like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. You hear to hear first. first. First, representation matters. Wasn't that one of the trigger words? Somebody just stopped listening. Oh, representation, <laughs> representation, representation, representation. 
I hope you're gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If people can't see, I started snapping. I was like, wait, that's bad for the microphone. Let me put my damn hand down. <laughs> this is not the show for that woman that just left. And I'm happy that she saw herself out. Like, <laughs> now, let's talk about something like really different. Ooh. I think that, well, personally, I feel that Tales from the Hood is a very, I mean, even though they're both horror comedy, they're like opposites in horror comedy, I feel like, because Vampires versus the Bronx tells like a very enlightening story about community and what they're, I mean, what they're fighting is like a metaphor for gentrification um, but it's still like the very um, uh, uh, Stranger Things group of friends going to beat the baddie and it's going to be great and we're going to unite and everything's going to be cool. But with Tales from the Hood, there are some really, really uncomfortable situations that are totally removed from funny, like period. But I do believe that it is a... The, the kills and the one-liners that make Tales from the Hood funny, like turn it into a horror comedy. So if you like made the kills a little bit more regular, if you took out all of those hilarious one-liners, this would just be straight up scary and also very depressing. You know what I mean? Like the, I mean, obviously, I think the one that sticks with everybody, this is a generalization. So obviously not everybody, but most people, I feel like watching Tales from the Hood, um, the short with our, our very cute little boy and boys he, don't he, bruise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's getting a, abused at home by, by the stepdad or, uh, mom's boyfriend. That is really fucking scary. That is terrifying. And that shit is real. And it's like the combination of real life scary and <laughs> and like I mean, I don't know. He was a monster for like 0.5 seconds like in a shadow or whatever. And But he was just like just a straight up monster. This man was a monster. Um, but it was the way that like he died in the end that was kind of like comedic when he got all like folded up with a piece of paper and like that wasn't enough that you just broke like every single bone in his body. Now you have to set him on fire. Um and but, I go, it's boy, boys do get bruised. I, I yeah. mixed it up. Yeah, there oh, we go. go ahead. I know what you meant. Okay, boys cool. do get bruised. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a different approach to what we think is funny. Yeah. That's not situational funny. Like, Vampires versus the Bronx was situationally funny because, like, it's these goofy-ass vampires coming in and fucking <laughs> shit up. But, but that is in police brutality and... Uh, is not situationally funny. It's it's the little dolls that come in and murder at the end that's funny. And the one-liners along the way is so different. Yeah. Now, I watched this as a kid, like all of us did. And at that point, I only know David Allen Greer from being funny. And so when I, he showed up, I was like, oh, I thought the monster was going to be the boyfriend, but it's David Allen Greer. And then to watch him lose his shit and become the villain, that I, is why I don't trust people anymore. And I think that that is an important lesson to have is that not all people who are the bad guy that's like the bad guy. Sometimes it's the nice guy. It's usually yeah. the nice guy. Not and he was serious. really scary, wasn't he? Yeah. He came in scary. He's like, who you in my house? What yeah. 
And like Rusty Cundiff, who also wrote and directed, was like the teacher who came to check on this home. It was like, let me tell you about your kid. That's not your kid because this woman seemed afraid of you and you demanded the hell. <laughs> and I was like, I know you hot, but no, this is a no. <laughs> like I, <laughs> it was just, it was so many things happening in that like one specific story, but like all the stories have that for different things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this must be a comedy and we're talking about police brutality. So not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, not all of us get to like pick and choose what our Mondays are going to be. Some of us have tonal shifts every other hour. It's it's called living when you're brown. True. The funny thing about that story, like that's the one we fixated on. Like it's because I know you remember Sheree because uh, Girl That's Scary, they actually had Rusty Condiff come into a room yeah. on Clubhouse. And that was an exceptional experience. And he was talking about like getting into further detail about something that he touched on in Horror Noir, which is that on that specific story, people were actually laughing during the domestic abuse scene, but he knew it was more so resonating from a place of them being uncomfortable because they've had to have been seeing this stuff at home. And in the original cut, since that scene was longer, he actually said what happened was all these people that are laughing, like in Kiki and it, it died down, like it slowed over and it was like deathly quiet because it really penetrates people. Like some people laugh when they're uncomfortable or they see something that they don't, they don't know how to process. So they just laugh uncomfortably. Mm-hmm. And that story was just exceptional. And even them picking um, David Allen Greer is his name, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's a Shakespearean actor. Like, he's trained really well. So even though, because I, I know we all grew up watching a lot of the same shit, all of us. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of comedy. Like, and to see him in this role, I think it's a reminder of how close cousins, horror, and comedy really are. Because yeah. just as funny as this man is, he switched that shit around and was frightening. And the same thing, I mean, think about nowadays with Jordan Peele. Like, yes. I literally grew up, like, watching this dude do skits and, like, cracking me the hell up. And then he came out with Get Out. And before I saw it, I didn't know what to expect because I'm like, this dude is so funny. Like, I've been following his career. And it was very scary. And it was very good. But there were also moments in it that were very frightening. And, like, stay with us. It's like, it's fascinating. And that's why, like, what Sheree was saying earlier is resonating with me why... You got to get us in the writing rooms, man, because like that's intrinsic to our our experience. Like we go through struggles and we always find a way, especially our ancestors, to to make light of it and make the best of what we got. Make lemonade out of lemons, like Beyonce calls it. That's sheer alchemy. Black folks know how to do that. And that's why the horror rings different when we're writing it, because that's us. Right. Right. Why the hell you think oxtails are so expensive? Oxtail is so good. I love some curried oxtail. Okay, but like back in the day, nobody wanted the oxtail. So we just had to make it pop it. I didn't know that the prices were going up on them. I didn't know this. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because because now everybody else figured out how delicious oxtail is. And now it's no longer the throwaway part that the wealthy people just take the good stuff and then they give they give the slaves the scraps and then we gotta add a bunch of sodium to it and make it taste delicious. And now everybody knows. And I'm just, I am waiting for the day that scientists will genetically modify oxes to have more than one tail because this shit is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I I have to go to the Caribbean spot at like 7 a.m. now. Mm. (laughs) But it's that reaction, right? Okay, I'm going back to to horror and comedy now, (laughs) not about oxtails. It's, It's that reaction, just like getting the reaction from the audience. That, those are like the only two genres that rely on that. So horror is like I I am 
I want my audience to feel scared right now. And then comedy, obviously, I want my my viewers to bust out laughing right now. I think one, once you master one, it, it's a little, it's kind of easy to learn the other then. Which is which is why I think Jordan Peele just does such a fantastic job at both because you need to to drive your audience to do something, and honestly, I just think brown people do that the best mm-hmm. are are best at drawing something out. Um, I like you said, Ghoulish, before I'm one of those people who laughs when I'm uncomfortable. Um, I did not laugh at this scene, uh, yeah, the, the domestic violence scene, but. I I can only imagine. I mean, it, it it feels super long in the in the cut in the final cut. I I can't even imagine how I would feel if it were longer than that. I I honestly think that that might be a little bit of overkill because oh, I, yeah. I I I don't think that anyone you know would would be laughing if not out of being uncomfortable that's just there there was to me personally i I might be like left field here but there was no comedic elements until after that scene was over um like in the same one beforehand one of the other teachers when when he like breaks that other boy up he's like the boy must have weak bones and everybody laughs at that but yeah oh oh, no okay no that one was funny (laughs) Yeah, never mind. You're right. <laughs> but, but then it goes into this. And I I think, and I didn't get to ask him because I was like living in my best rest of condoms in the clubhouse life. But I didn't get to ask him. But I think that part of the reason this one, that scene is so long and this one feels so jarring. Because I mean, all of these are hardcore parts. I'm not going to lie about it. But this one feels different for some reason. And I think it's because this one is coming from a childhood story. Because when he was a kid, he found out that there was a white girl chained up in the basement of a house down the street from them. And he talked to his dad about it. And the dad was like, we are black and we are some of the only black people in this area. So we can't say anything, unfortunately. Don't go to that house. Oh. No more. And so I wonder if this was some of that, like getting some of that undealt with trauma or whatever out. Because we all have things that scar us and we have yeah. triggers and things. And so I do wonder about this one. Because it always stood out to me, this one. It always stood out. And we have a lot going on. And I love this. And I'm always like, Claire Swings the third should have gotten awards. He was the black actor yeah. who I never got to have. Y'all haters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even Ryan Tomatoes pisses on this. And I'm like, this is the best movie that other people are ripping off. But this one always stands out. And it's this one. And I think it's because of that. So if I know that piece of the story about Rusty and his childhood, I was like, I wonder if. Mm. I wonder if. I had no idea that he wrote for The Chappelle Show, by the way. Oh, me neither. I can see that. Yeah, I I think he did like a handful of episodes, maybe like uh, like 15 or 20 episodes for the Chappelle show. I can see that because that's, we're talking pre-2016 Chappelle, y'all. So it's like, don't even like at me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We don't talk about him no more. We don't talk about Dave no more. Um, But like back then he had like a dark sense of humor and I see this and that when you said that, it all makes sense. I'm like, why would I suspect anything else? I think we need more black horror comedy. Yes. Please. I, I do believe so. Yes. Um, because it's always the best. Uh, <laughs> not Damn. just even. Yeah. Damn, this felt good. This felt therapeutic. But it's funny because like all these other titles are like going through all of our heads, I'm sure. It's obvious that this list is going to grow. This is mm-hmm. going to be a, a recurring topic. We'll have a part Trump... two soon. Oh, for sure. 
We'll have to, because like I, I'm seeing all these common themes and the ones we just talked about and I'm like, we can find more. Um, and also just always highlight the black content creators because like, so a few of them get to be in the room. So when you find one and you like are kicking it with them, by all means be like, this is who wrote this. This is who did this. Ooh, you know what? Before we complete our discussion, I'm just going to give a hypothetical. Uh, okay. I want Robin Thede mm-hmm. to come to horror. Yes. Bad. Very badly. I want Robin Thede and I want Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's take Kinta Brunson too. bring her yes. back into a, a black lady's uh, sketch show. And I, I want them to come to horror, the three of them. I'm yes. sending you something because I love you, Zero. Because um, I, I didn't know that you didn't know the T. You're going to scream. Is there You're a gonna... movie coming? Stop. Stop. Oh. Ghoulish, stop. So <laughs> what, what, what I just sent, Robin T.D. Zombie comedy. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Yo, this is a real life reaction. Oh the way God. I left... The way I left our Zoom for that, I was like, ooh, and I was like, oh, that's right, we're doing something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, want, I want this, now that I know it exists, and I also want to see what Megan Thee Stallion's going to do, because I know it's going to be some comedic elements in that whenever she gets around to it. Oh, my God. And when God. people were like, I don't, now this part has to be fact-checked, but I think, it, I think it's real, just to let you know. It's supposed to be set at an HBCU. Oh, get the fuck out. That's oh. all I want. Everything I'm writing on my own is about HBCUs because we don't get to have anything there. It's always like, let's put the black kids in the back of this room and have it be on Charlotte. And I'm like, fuck Charlotte. Wait, so Meg the Stallion will be part of this project? Now that is news to me. Wait, no, no, no. That was an assumption. I was asking. Oh, she have she has her own thing she's working on. She was working oh. on it for a minute. Because okay. people were like, what's she gonna do? And then Thought she came out and she had the Freddy glove in the bathtub. Like, that's what she's gonna do, bitches. Get ready. Get yeah. ready. And her what? Halloween costume when she was pinhead, that shit was fire. Oh my god. Yeah. And Hottie Wing, go. where she was the detective, the supernatural. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. I'm watching today because this might tell me it's finally on YouTube. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> I have to keep my notifications on for this new Robbie Fleet. Robin Thede come uh, 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 I can't speak and it's anymore. zombies on top of that, which is your shit. That is my shit. You yeah. know me. You know me, man. This oh is the way God. to shut it down. Congratulations, Ryan. Now you have to like find a way to end every episode <laughs> with something like this. <laughs> and fucking good luck. Right? <laughs> right? Good luck. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to see this movie either. I think she's brilliant. Like, Black Lady Sketch Show deserves all the things. It's hysterical. Yeah. I am so happy for Kinta Brunson that she's got her like big debut right now. But me being selfish, I want her to come back to Black Lady Sketch Show. Me too. I think I think it's the reason I don't love Abbott Elementary as much as anybody else. I'm just like, I'm watching it, but it's not Black Lady Sketch Show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, like, that's the backhanded compliment, I guess. Is that like, you do this other thing so damn well, I want more of that. And you I left because right? you were like, I'm big now. I oh, you want to be great? Oh, you want right? to be great? Oh, okay, fine. Right. Right? You don't want to sketch them more? You want a whole script? Who you think you (laughs) is? Acting all brand new and shit. Right? Right? You want rehearsals? (laughs) You want... We love you. Please. (laughs) Be on our show. Please. Thank you. (laughs) That would be excellent. I don't even know what I would do. I'd be all professional that day. Y'all wouldn't even recognize me. No sex jokes. No puns. I'd be like, like, who are you and what did you do with my friend? <laughs> right? It'd be like, did Sheree find a hair comb today? What the fuck happened? <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> 
not all of us being in rare form. I am a serious journalist now. (laughs) Right? I drink water today. (laughs) No, I drank my annual cup of water before this recording. So yeah, I got that in my yearly salad out the way because it's you know what? I just I don't have time. (laughs) It's Monday. It's a new Monday, new podcast, new salad. Let's go. Listen, send us out, right? So this has been Blurdy Massacre. <laughs> Thank you for listening. So if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Blurdy Massacre. When you see us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. And did any of you have anything you want to say before I wrap it completely? Support Black Horror, hashtag yeah. Blurred Life, hashtag Representation Matters. And happy Black History Month. Listen, it is Black History Month. All the other months can wait. And I see y'all. <laughs> and if and if y'all want like to go watch the movies we talked about, like Vampires in the Bronx, Tales from the Hood, maybe not the scary movies. We've talked about those quite enough. Pull up on us on social media because we would love to talk about it with you guys. Yes. So. Listen. Listen. <laughs> All right. So until next time, everyone. Bye. 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 Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.